Let us enter into the worship of the Lord this morning by turning in our Bibles to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, and a verse that I refer to often is there, and will set the stage for what we want to consider today, and what the Lord will help us consider from John chapter 12. Galatians 6, Paul is concluding a six-chapter epistle in which he has to correct the errors of Jewish legalists who had been converted and they believed on Christ to a point, but they wanted to add to Jesus Christ's finished work by adding the works of the law and especially circumcision. So the apostle writes in verse 12 of Galatians 6, As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. Verse 15, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature, a changed life. Verse 12 tells us that these Jewish legalists as many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh. They wanted to do something that was fleshly to add to the appeal of Bible Christianity. Bible Christianity by itself is a very foolish religion to natural men. But if you add certain things to it, you can make it look more exciting. And that is what men have done today with the religion of Jesus Christ. They've added all kinds of things to it. Whether that is tradition, denominational works, entertainment facilities, programs, help the the illiterate read, provide wells in Africa for those that don't have them, and on and on they add other elements to try to make the church of Jesus Christ more appealing and his religion more appealing. And Paul tells us exactly what it's from. It's to make a fair show in the flesh. They're not operating or living in the spirit. They're not spiritually motivated. They're fleshly oriented. And so they add things that pertain to the flesh. They constrain you to be circumcised. Only, and here's their motive, lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. Because when a church and when a religion is reduced to the preaching of the cross of Christ, it is offensive to men. It's foolishness to the Greeks. It's a stumbling block to Jews. So to get over that stumbling block, if these Jewish legalists could get Gentiles, these are the Galatians, if they could get Gentiles to get circumcised as part of this new religion, ah, the Jews would not consider it much of a stumbling block. They'd be excited that there were Gentiles around the world getting cosmetic surgery. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, because they have converted. They're no longer keeping all the ceremonial law of Moses. But they want to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. We don't want to glory in anything fleshly today. Not our financial accomplishments and your professional trajectories, which are very good in many cases. Not in any programs that we have or what we're going to do for the community. We want to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that will turn our church, our gospel, into the acid test and the antithesis that it should be. I want verse 14. 
so different from those in verse 12 that wanted to make a show in the flesh and that were afraid of being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Paul was persecuted his entire ministry. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Paul did not want to add wood, hay, or stubble to the finished work of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. God forbid is about the strongest negative there is in the Bible. Paul will ask a rhetorical question. Is God unrighteous? God forbid. A very strong negative statement. God forbid that I should glory. I don't want to be anything like these Jewish legalists. Though he had the best Jewish pedigree of them all. His father was a Pharisee. He was a Pharisee. He was trained by Gamaliel himself. And in spite of that, he did not want to glory in anything, not his Jewish attainments, which was God's religion, nor any of his past attainments as an apostle of Jesus Christ. God forbid that I should glory. What do you glory in this morning? To glory in something is to be very excited about it, for it to delight you and thrill you and give you great joy and gladness. What do you glory in? Don't let it be anything but the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen. The apostle is teaching us something right here that we want to follow. God forbid that I should glory, save. There's only one thing I want to glory in, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is not a cross on a steeple. That's a condemned image. It's not a cross on a wall in here. It's not a crucifix on your neck. It's not a crucifix in your car. It's not a crucifix on your keychain. The cross here is a metonym for the place where Jesus died for us, where he was lifted up between heaven and earth and gave his life for us. So we don't, we're looking at the word cross here metaphorically as where Jesus died. So it's the death of Christ. Jesus Christ and him crucified is how Paul would word it in 1 Corinthians 2 2. God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he explains the antithesis. And you're going to hear that word many times today. The antithesis is our opposition to the world. And something that takes place in here and doctrine that is shared in here that separates us from the world. We don't separate from the world geographically by moving somewhere else. We separate from the world by our doctrine and our practice. And so Paul is saying, I don't glory in anything except the cross of Jesus Christ. I will not modify that message to make it more acceptable to others, especially the Jews. And the cross of Jesus Christ crucifies the world to me. When I look at their statements, their philosophy, their goals, their ambitions, what they give themselves to, it's crucified to me. It is nailed to a cross. It is dead. I don't want to have anything to do with the world and its philosophy. And I'm crucified to the world. They look at me and they hate me. They consider me insane for my dedication to the cross of Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful statement. By whom, that is Jesus Christ, the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. The world doesn't mean anything to me. I don't mean anything to the world. The cross of Christ means everything to me, and therefore I am Christ, 
and I mean everything to him. And this is how we should live our lives. It's why we're here today. We're in the house of the Lord to separate ourselves from the world in our doctrine and to go out of this place to separate ourselves from the world in our practice. What do you glory in? A job? A house? A family? A friend? Are you kidding me? Take all those things and add them together. They're all going to disappear. This doesn't. This is forever. The cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was lifted up 2,000 years ago. And he has drawn us to him. And let us give ourselves to him this day. Let us pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Blessed God, we thank Thee for the gift of Thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank Thee that You did send Him into this world, and He willingly came in the form of a servant and was made in the form of sinful men, though no sinner Himself. And He humbled Himself to the death of the Roman cross and was lifted up between heaven and earth as the mediator Between thee and us, we thank thee for him. We thank thee for his willingness to come and lay down his life for us. And Heavenly Father, let it change our lives. Let us not glory in anything of this life, but to glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, his crucifixion death for us, that we might be willing to take up our own crosses daily, and crucify our flesh that we might follow him faithfully. Heavenly Father, the need that we have today, this church, each of us, the goal that we have today, this church, each of us, cannot be achieved without the blessing of thy spirit and thy word upon our hearts and our minds. We ask for the power of Pentecost to be poured out upon us, that the Holy Spirit of God will open the word of God to us like he did Peter on that great day 2,000 years ago, that we might see the Lord Jesus Christ and that we might draw a conclusion to all that we do today to lift up Jesus Christ and give him the great preeminence in this house. Forgive us our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. O Lord, our minds are distracted and our hearts are cold when it comes to the things of Christ because we are yet in these bodies of flesh, but our spirits are willing. And Heavenly Father, I pray that you will stir us up in our spirits to love Jesus Christ and to set our attention and our affection on him today. We thank thee for this plain statement by our beloved brother Paul that you would forbade and had forbade him from glorying in anything else but the cross of Christ. Let that be true of us today. Let us, as we think upon Christ, drive all the things of this world into great dimness so that they no longer attract our souls. And let the things of Christ become alive and light to us. 
And Heavenly Father, let us become the off-scouring of the earth and let the world despise us. And let us live godly lives that might bring their persecution upon us. Though we ask for your mercy toward us, that we might live those separated lives that we should, that would bring honor and glory to your Son. We pray this blessing and more for all your saints and servants and churches scattered throughout the earth. Bless them and have mercy upon them and draw nigh to them as they draw nigh to thee this day. We thank thee for America that we can live in such liberty and freedom to worship thee as we do this day. Yet we confess the sins, the great sins, the heinous sins of this nation that has lifted up its heart and voice and its laws against thee in so many ways. Amen. Heavenly Father, have mercy upon us. Yes. We thank thee for thy son. Bless us to see him today. And help us, Heavenly Father, to see that you have called us out of this world. And while we do not need to leave it, we need to live different from it. Amen. And help us to do that. For we ask these things in the glorious name of Jesus Christ, to whom we dedicate our assemblies today, and this, his day, we pray in his name. Amen.